Hello and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For the show, we have two co-hosts, myself, Hunter Sagona, and Sean Rimkunas, podcast founder. Um, Sean and myself believe that many people have playlists that make their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, and everything in between. And the synopsis for the show that we're talking about today is Anastasia. And this is via Playbill with music by Stephen Flaherty, lyrics by Lynn Ahrens, and a book by Terrence McNally, and inspired by a 75-year-old legend and subsequent beloved films, Anastasia transports audiences from the twilight of the Russian Empire to the euphoria of Paris in the 1920s. As brave young woman sets out to discover the mystery of her past, pursued by ruthless Soviet officer determined to silence her, Anya enlists the aid of a dashing con man and a lovable ex-aristocrat. Together, they embark on an epic adventure to help find her home, love, and family. And without any further ado, let's get right into this. All right, and we are back with Act Two of Anastasia. Hello and welcome. If you're just tuning in, or if you're coming back, I don't know. Um, I don't know why you'd start halfway through a podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, um, think about it, Hunter. This is the second half of another podcast that we're doing. So Act Two will be another separate podcast from Act One. I so, suppose, so that makes sense. So welcome back um, is a great way to start a podcast. Is, yeah, a very true. appropriate way to start a show. Um, so the first song that happens in act two is called Paris holds the key to your heart. Uh, um, <laughs> and it's their first, it's the first song that's sung when they arrive in, when the gang arrives in Paris right. in the movie, it's actually a little bit later and it's not sung by Vlad. It's actually sung by the Dowager Empress's lady in waiting, hmm. um, hmm. as she gives them a tour of Paris. But here it's Vlad, who is obviously the oldest of the group, and he had been to Paris before, and you know he knows the, the, the scene. Right. Um, and so he's touring them around Paris. He's giving them sort of like the, the 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 show around, and it's definitely the liveliest of the numbers in the show. It's meant to be very twenties flappers and jazz and what Paris was being, you know, what they were known for at the time, which was being sort of this, the musical hub of Europe. Right. Um, and they had such a huge jazz scene, just like the, uh, the U, just like the U S had. Hmm. Um, I don't know why I felt like I was stroking out there. For um, <laughs> Wait, I mean, after the last pod, when I almost collapsed, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. you know, it's, it's definitely supposed to be the most, uh, showy number right. in the musical. It's it's all about the spectacle and the dancing. It's the big dance number in the show. Right. Um, yep. So, I mean, I think it's a cool number. It doesn't hold much. It, there's no plot significance to it. It's just a fun number that's meant to display the dancers, the costuming, the, the great orchestra playing. So, I mean, that's sort of my take on it. No, and, and you're right. The biggest takeaways that I wrote in big words as a kid, Paris, jazz, key change. Yes. I think that's exactly what Flaherty was going for. And it's kind of a way, 
it, it, it makes sense. I mean, he's doing that very Sondheimian way of like, let's not recap the whole beginning of the show. Let's just get on with the damn thing and do it, you know? Right. So, Which it, is sort of the point of the two songs of um, Stay, I Pray, and... Um, right, right. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, we'll go from there. Is there is no going back? It doesn't matter now. You have to move forward, right? And right. you can remember it, right? But it's about where we go from here. Yeah, I, I agree. And what I think is really interesting about the show. I'm sorry, you had frozen for a second. No, it's okay. I'll just. Whoosh, whoosh. And what I find really interesting about the show at this point is we really start to see the character that, you know, that, that, that we're, we're going to evolve and learn about and, and see this future of this character. Um, and, and I, I also think that this is also a really good moment because we haven't really talked about it until this point, but the relationship between both Anya and Dimitri. Yeah. As well. Like, this is the beginning of their relationship. I mean, like, we we see them working together, but then we start to see them not just as people who are working together, but possibly as, 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 as partners, as someone who wants to rely on one another, not for just, you know, for, for money or for work, but they also want to rely on each other for love. And yep. they, I think that they also make a really good match as in, Dimitri is someone who is just so loyal to the, to what what he's he's really working about and and Anya as a character is such a beautiful free spirit and someone who really wants to just see the world as something bigger than what who she is and, and I think that that both of those combined make really a really great like couple character in the show you know yeah yeah definitely and you know that brings her really to this song the the crossing a bridge and she had mentioned this, I mean, it's a physical bridge, but she's, I'm sure, you know, she's also being metaphorical. Um, and she talks about remembering a bridge earlier in the show. Um, mm -hmm. She doesn't know where it is. She, she thinks it's Paris because she had visited it as a, well, Anastasia had visited it as a child. Um, and she had this vague memory of this bridge and she talks about her father and, you know, this, this feeling that she has about it, like she does with Once Upon a December. Um, but this bridge I almost see as like the last hurdle, right? She has to go over this bridge to sort of find what she's looking for. You know, it connects her to what her future is. Such a metaphor. It really for is. For so many different things. The, right. the connective tissue between her past and previous lives. The bridge being a metaphor for what's her next step going to be? Where is she going? Um... What is she thinking about? I mean, it is kind of, it is kind of like, duh, you're gonna go off of a bridge. Nose, yeah. It's kind of like, uh huh, you know, like, yeah, you know, the other day, um, I know I was making a joke to my friend Travis, and we were talking about playing at these graduation ceremonies, and he's like, who, who listens to us anyway? And I'll say, Travis, you know what? They listen to their, yeah. they listen to their phones. They don't really listen to us. And he goes. I got you. I don't know. I got you. Um, so, so I, another sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. You go. No, no. I was just going to say one interesting thing is that in the movie version, because Gleb is not the villain, it's Rasputin. Mm -hmm. 
I actually think the bridge, I think the prince is called, um, uh, the prince, I think the bridge is called either the Prince Alexander or the King Alexander or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe in the movie, that's where the big showdown between Rasputin and Anastasia happens is on this bridge. Right. Coincidentally. Um, and like they blow the bridge, like part of the bridge gets blown up and, Again, very symbolic. If you know what the bridge is, they don't really call attention to it in the movie, but mm-hmm. here obviously they do because it's an important symbol. Right. Um, and it's also an interesting callback to Gleb's song about the Neva, because the Neva being a river, a bridge mm. goes over the river. Yeah. Um, so it's a, another like connective piece of tissue to his story yeah. as well. Right. Um, another way that the songs are moving the plot forward. Right. Um, yeah. However, not all the characters... Oh, well, I suppose all the characters are moving on in their own way. The next song is called Close the Door, um, and it's sung by the Dowager Empress, who is her grandmother. She was the mother of Tsar Nikolai, who was um, killed. Right. And she had been living in Paris since the Revolution Mm -hmm. and entertaining all of these notions that these people coming forward could have been her granddaughter, and every time she gets her hopes up, she gets... Um, the rug pulled out from under her and she's heartbroken again. Hmm. Um, and this is the song where she's saying, like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Just I, I'm accepting that they're all dead and I can't listen to it. Right. Um, and she doesn't want to see any more, quote unquote, pretenders. Right. Um, which is why in the movie she won't see Anastasia. Um, and then... That's when her lady in waiting takes them out and sings Perrier is the key to your heart. But mm. here, they sing it first, go to see her much later. Um, they don't get to meet her yet. So, right. But the character is, I, I find the character to be fascinating, but she is very sad. Right. No, I think you're, you're again, as, as we say in the business, um, on the nose, um, mm. you, you know, again, very similar to a lot of Dimitri's songs. I find it to be overly dramatic, over the top, highly emotive, just kind of like over the top. And it just sounds like she is crying through this whole process. Like she's grieving yeah. and she's like, I don't want to remember that. I've been through so much pain in my life. Why would you ever bring that up again in my life? You know, yeah. and for her, that is such a painful life experience. And coming from, I mean, like, as an audience perspective, you're trained to think, like, Anya has come all this way, and yet she's being denied by her grandmother, or maybe possibly someone who knows of her, right? right? And the audience member is supposed to react as, oh, oh my goodness, <gasps> like, how, how dare she? But if yeah. you think about it, she's been through so much in her life. Why does she have to let these painful memories into her life like that right Right. it's such a it's such a sad depressing song and i i I mean i love steven flaherty but steven flaherty does some corny ass shit with his (laughs) songs and he really likes to draw out the name of his songs at the end of his songs which is so funny it's like that family guy cutaway that's like I like it when you hear the name of the title in the movie, you know, like, like one of my favorite, favorite things that, that in family, yeah, that they do 
is like you know they he, Peter goes to see Superman for a quest for peace, mm-hmm. and there's and then there's a line where Superman goes, "That's why I have to be a Superman for a quest for peace," and Peter goes, "Oh, that's why they call it that." <laughs> it's, it's so stupid, but but Flaherty goes, "Shut, close." The door. <laughs> it's a little anticlimactic because you're like, because when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, say the next word because we're not going to be surprised when you say the actual word you're going to say. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little anticlimactic, but at the same time, this woman she's gone through so much in her life and. The, the the message and and the the feeling that we get as audience members is like how dare she push Anya out of her life but right. in the back of our minds we should know the Romanovs were murdered they were killed in front of this right. woman and she fled for her life and that's what the beginning of the the beginning of the show is about trying yeah. to escape with Anya push her on her way so that the dowager could escape to Paris Mm-hmm. I just there's just there's just so much that we think about as audience members that we have to remember like what pain this woman had to go through to, to get to where she is now, and yeah. I don't know. I, I this song is like two minutes long, and I'm going on about this something for five minutes, but short short short, short story. It's just it's about this. The, it's the it's the connective tissue like the bridge. It's like you yeah. see every single part of it, and, and it makes sense, you know. So yep, yeah. And then, you know, just as she is trying to forget her past, um, her her lady-in-waiting, Lily, hmm. um, has this – it's like an audience-pleasing song. It's it's called The Land of Yesterday, right. where she brings this, – this song took the place of Paris Holds a Key to Your Heart for her, so they wrote this song for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called The Land of Yesterday. Right. And it's about all this Russian nobility who, were, who they all were able to get out of Russia, mm. and they come with what – riches they had with them right um and they go to this club that's known for having the aristocracy and it's supposed to simulate like the club was made to be like old russia right and it's this very cool like jazz vaudevillian number and she sings this this very uh it's it's very much a style piece like you know her character is meant to be very like amusing and funny and mm. you know is meant to get the laughs and but she's a really good singer yeah um yeah. and i remember see it's an impressive number to see on the screen and i also they they throw the russian i, I think they call it the cossack dance um in there mm. at one point where the 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 waiters in the place all of a sudden start breaking out into the very russian like the oh Oh, <laughs> the, feet, the feet are coming up and all that kind of stuff. And you know, she has yeah. like a she has like a handkerchief and she's dancing with it. And, right. Yeah. Um, but I love at the end of the song. It's very dramatic. But I love at the end of the song where you know this thing, the land of yester, and then she has this da 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 singing, yeah. just like vocalizing it. It's a very. I think it's a cool number. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I mean, it's very cool. And my only point, and, I, and you, and you kind of, you very, you wrote a lot of it. You, you said a lot of things that I was going to say. I didn't write any of it. I mean, you wrote a lot of it in my <laughs> head. And you and I, we both share ESP because we're both twins, and we, and we know each other so well. But 
you know, it's it's um Hunter. This reminded me of a Cole Porter song. Um, oh, you know, it does have that feel to it. And yeah. I wasn't sure if you felt the same way, just because it to me sounded so much like Anything Goes, for some reason. In a and in a minor, it's that same kind of number. It's that same like big showstoppy kind of number where the the big vocalist gets the chance to really just like belt it out. Right, and then they say the name of the song at the end of the tune. Like they yes, did they with, right. with close the door. So, you know. yeah, um, yeah. There's not much else to say about it. Other, it's just it's a cool number. It's, yeah. it's in this dark minor key, which is really neat, um, which really adds to that Russian feel of it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's neat. Which then leads into another song that she gets. So she only has the one song in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wrote this one and then the next one for her, which is the Countess and the Common Man. Classic. And, you you know that her and Vlad have a thing in the past. Like they knew each other, they were romantically involved with each other. It didn't work out. She's a little bit bitter towards him about it. Yeah. Um, but she's still stringing him along, and he's playing along. So it's like it's a clever little like romance dance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just it's a funny song. I it mean, is it's a funny song. Them trying to like flirt with each other, and then they run after each other on the stage. But because they're older, now all of a sudden they start. They're like out of breath. They're like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, they have to like get back together and dance again, but they're still out. Of, they're still tired and out of breath. To me, this sounded the most like Master of the House to me from Les Mis. Yeah, you know what? It does sort of have that. And feel. and I'm so sorry, Stephen Flaherty, that we're bringing up maybe like ten or twelve musicals in your in your own musical, but you are the one who are who is constantly paraphrasing all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to that, and that's kind of what you were saying. I think that's true. Um, it does have your favorite time signature on it. I did note that. Oh, um, six eight, yeah. I did wrote that, and I also wrote, yeah, that to me that was really funny. The heavy breathing was really funny, and and so yes. and so random too. Um, but again, the um, and and you were right. I mean, it makes so much sense. This is the funny number because we're getting into some really serious stuff later in in Act Two, but. It's 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 coming down to the wire here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that and one of those heavy numbers being the next song, which is in a crowd of thousands. Right. Um, which is this. Um. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a wistful, but um, nostalgic kind of song where Dimitri sings about his past and how he explains in in the uh, in the show. Mm-hmm. He says how he won't bow to anyone. So, like, he gets punched, I think, for not bowing to one of the soldiers or whatever. And he talks about how he only bowed once in his life, and he never explains about it. Right. And then he sings this song, and he talks about the one time as a little boy he saw a royal carriage going by, and the Princess Anastasia, or Grand Duchess Princess, um, was on it. And he remembered seeing her and thinking how regal she was and how royal she looked. And he was little and he wanted to impress her. Um, and he bows to her. Um, yeah. And he says that's the only time he ever bowed. And he doesn't actually say it. He starts to and she finishes it for him. Mm. And he was like, well, how could you possibly have known that? Yeah. And she says, I remember. And that's the when he believes Right, because she she doesn't really know, but he believes she is who they have been trying to make her. Yeah, and and that is is such an interesting thing too. It's like 
um, so many different things about memory and seeing things for a new perspective. And um, this is the, the part of the musical that happens to have the most self-reflection, inspection, yeah. um, that offers the characters a lot of light and offers them a lot of visualization. I'm glad that we're finally getting a song with just Dimitri and Anya as characters. Yeah. Because at the time, I think we're like, we're, we're starting to sort of feel it out and we're starting to feel like, okay, these two look like a match, but how can they be a match? Um, Dimitri is this loyal patriot who really focuses on something like that, but, but Anya sympathizes with him. You know, like, it's it's okay. I mean, like, you weren't... <laughs> you should know better to do something like that, but, like, she she kind of she kind of sticks up for him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sees the faults in him, and uh, and, and I, I and I wrote, and this is a really important moment where we figure out how Dimitri feels about Anya, and and what she's about to say, and figuring out all that stuff, and yeah, it's it's it it it, it it's it's really important for. For Anya to see Dimitri in that light and for Dimitri to see Anya as not Anastasia, but Anya, you know? Yep. So. And then that, you know, and this, as they're doing, as they're having this little tete-a-tete, um, Vlad is in the background and he, he sort of just is like watching and you don't know he's there at first. And then he sort of appears <laughs> and he sings his song Meant to Be. Right. Because the whole, he had been watching them sort of like, the, the hate each other relationship leading to loving each other. Mm. He had been watching that happening the whole time and commenting on it and annoying Dimitri about it. <laughs> um, and then he sings this little, this little ditty um, called meant to be. And it's supposed to show like he sees their relationship and what it could be, but he also knows how both of them are and right. what they're trying to do and how that right. could possibly get in the way. And, and I'll say this, I think, Vlad sees himself in Dimitri for the first time. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And compares his love to the love that he feels still feels for Lily. Mm-hmm. And just because of their their previous, you know, uh, song, I think this is a really good moment for Vlad to act as a father figure to Dimitri. Yep. And to also show that there is some learning on Anya's part, but Dimitri is something that that there is something there. And, and I'll just say this quickly, which is, um, I wrote classic Vlad happy boy, which I think is <laughs> where, where the song begins. And then, uh, Vlad using the perspective of what Dimitri and Anya are thinking, or as a way to describe his eventual relationship with Lily. So mm-hmm. like, there's, there's so much there, but yet it's just this hunky dinky song that for a minute and a half, for a minute and a half that he has to sing, you know? So, Which leads to one of, I think, one of the coolest numbers in the show, which is the quartet at the ballet. Um, The nice Tchaikovsky they threw in there, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's the the, everyone, all of them, they're trying to arrange a time to accidentally happen across the Dowager Empress to get her to meet Anastasia. And so they go to the ballet because Mm. they know she's going to, Lily tells them that she's going. And you see the four groups of people right and then the dancer is on the stage 
in front of them. So it's like four balconies, and then the the dance, the swan dancer is on the the stage. Right. And then there's a well, it's not just the one; it's actually a three of them. It's um, a white swan, a black swan, and a I think a guy. And it's about it's supposed to obviously mirror them, but it's all of them singing now about you know the character. You know, so who are the people in attendance? It's Anya Dimitri in one place, Lily and Vlad in the other, the Dowager Empress is by herself, and Gleb is somewhere else. Oh, um, yeah. Because so, he's also in attendance. He's made it to Paris. Yeah. Um, wow. So he's now tracking her down because he's he found her now, so he has to find a time to get her by her, get her alone. Right. Um, yeah. Because he had sort of been out of it this whole act. You don't see him at all yeah. until he shows up at the ballet. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's like the the black swan in the in the dance. It's a really cool piece, um, and they're singing the way that they've um, the way they overlay each other, singing with the the music from the ballet mm. is very cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the end of the song being like they finish singing, and then there's this timpani roll while the dancer is finishing. Leaves it. It's very unsettling. Right. Yeah. So that's just that's my commentary on it. Sure, sure, and I'll, I'll I'll be quick too, and I'll just say they're all they're all singing together. They're all fighting through Anya's theme of "Once Upon mm-hmm. a December," um, and then uh, Dimitri is just kind of complaining during the ballet. The man being like, "Why do we have to watch the ballet?" Um, <laughs> to the to the to the to the female character, um, classic orient- orchestration throughout the constant motion of. It's it's so funny that, um, and, and it's so small that most audiences might not notice it, but the the use of a Russian composer in a in a Parisian setting, it's just, it's so right. it's so funny, right? Because they're honestly at different balances at the time, right? And yeah, definitely. At, at, and but and yet you know there's 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 this everlasting love of music for both of them, you know. Yeah. And and the celebration of of one brilliant Tchaikovsky at at the centerpiece of, of it, you know, and um, if it had to be someone, it had to be it had to be him, right? Because I don't really know a lot of French ballet music around that time. To- I mean, around that time, that was just so focally focused, such as a um, maybe a foray or something like that. But like, no one was really talking about that stuff until later but like at that grand scale at that time i mean mm-hmm. we're talking about romantic music tchaikovsky man Big that's, time. yeah we've talked yeah. about that a plenty on this podcast and then that leads you know the song is used in the quartet of the ballet but it leads to the reprise of once upon a december mm-hmm. um in which anya finally does meet the dowager empress right um and you know it's a very conflicted emotion moment because mm-hmm. uh you know, it's like, oh wait, no, I hang on, I skip a song. Sean, how dare you? What? Oh, you didn't tell me I skipped the song. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, everything to win yeah. by Dimitri. Yes, yes, Dimitri sings everything to win. Um, and he's now, he realizes at this point his feelings for Anya. He realizes, you know, he's going through his emotional turmoil now. Is their mission um, worth losing her over, right. or you know? Can you know, or has it always been about the money, and she's just the the temporary thing? He sings, maybe it's a love 
It's love. It's love. There's someone to care for. <laughs> no, I think that hey, that's. There's a big, there's a big jump in that. <laughs> it's love. <laughs> that's right. And they say the actual name of the freaking song too. Oh my god, that's just so funny. That's actually the song I thought about when I, when you were talking about. Um, that is just so funny. Oh my god. Okay, so it's everything is the moment where you're like, okay, dude, we get that you love Anastasia, but how much do you love her? Um. And it, it's so obvious, but like, it's like, come on, dude, <laughs> you know? Um, but it, it makes sense. It's there. Um, I don't really know what else to say, but. No, it's just, it's a, it's a good sort of, it's, it's a good. It's uh, a, it's a good, I think it's a good segue from, yeah, from the, from the big ballet scene, you know, to something smaller. I think that's really, and I, I think it, it goes back to, to really narrow, narrowly focusing on Dimitri as a character, right? Because Dimitri is still this rigid, loyal person, and yet he's starting to realize that his love for someone who spirit as free as a butterfly is hard to come by, you know? And it's it's just something that's just so important to the, right. the plot of the show. And then that leads us... There you he go. Want, he's about to get what he wants, and Anastasia's about to get what she wants, which is a meeting mm -hmm. with the Dowager Empress. Right. Um, and she, you know, has to convince her. How does she convince her that she is who she thinks she is? You sing and the song. Comes, you sing right, the song. Right, you sing the song. But she also happens to have, um, she has the, a music box um, oh. that Dimitri gave her that they looted from the palace. Right. Um, but she, mm -hmm. since she was a little girl, had right. a key that was around her neck. And right. the key opened the music box, which she didn't know that. But the Dowager Empress saw the key around her neck and knew that it opened the music box. Right. Um, and then when the song starts playing, she knows the words to it, and they sing the song together. And she realizes, oh, you must actually be her. Yeah. That's crazy. So it is. It's, it's, it's a nice moment. It's very nice yeah. because the Dowager Empress, who had been so unhappy and, and, and like heartbroken, has someone back. Mm. Yep. And it's just it's it's a nice recon uh, reconciliation moment, right. but it leads right to this very it's sort of an inconsequential number called the press conference where Lily, being her lady in waiting, is sort of trying to organize the press um, because the Dowager Empress announces that she has an announcement about Anastasia, um, right? But the press doesn't know what it is yet. They think they know that it's the girl she was seen with, like must really be her. Blah blah blah. Um, and it's just, it's a song really meant to emulate typewriters and, and, you know, gaggles of people. And I mean, it's just, it's a fun song. Yes. What we were saying was that the song, it's just, it, it's really meant to induce the, the, the chaoticness of, of a press conference, especially, you know, the, the hungry writers who want like really high profile news that. Right. He's trying to dance around before, you know, without actually giving them anything. Mm. Right. That to say about it, but I was curious what you had. That to me seems just so modern, and and yeah. maybe maybe it's just because like I've watched some press some sport press conferences, and it mm -hmm. just it it does feel the same. But I guess it also has that same like frenetic French energy, like. No, it's like it. Mm -hmm. It just feels like there's just so many people who are trying to like 
figure out what Anastasia is doing next, but Anastasia just doesn't know. You know, with right. with the energy that she has, like she's like, I don't really know. Like I, I knew I knew why I, I wanted to do this, but I, I I didn't really know what this was gonna cause me to do. You know, like I wasn't really sure what I was gonna do in the first place. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And that leads so that leads right into so the way the scene works is that that's in a separate room, and then it pans to another room where Anastasia's waiting. She's waiting to be introduced to press corps but she's alone and she sings a reprise of everything to win which was dimitri's song right um and you know it's a much quieter version than his it's much more introspective um and really i think surprises well i don't know if it would surprise people but i mean it it certainly in terms of the story gives her the opposite realization from what she thought she wanted right 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 it, it it's it's really interesting like the it's 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 the the songs are so different and yet so mm -hmm. same in, in so many different ways like the press conference is really just really like in your face and and kind of like all over the place as it should be but then this next piece that you were mentioning everything we win is is it's just it's so introspective and anya finally realizes that what she was looking for was really in front of her the whole time like she was kind of enjoying the journey that it was taking to figuring this out but now she doesn't know what she's going to do next you know and i think that's right. that's that's so important um that to me really sounds really interesting um yeah. so so that's really cool and and that's, I guess, where we meet Gleb again, right? Yeah, so speaking of someone who doesn't know what he's going to do, um, he sneaks into the palace, and as soon as she's done singing, he comes in, he sneaks in the room, and confronts her, uh, holds her at gunpoint, actually. Um, mm. And it's, a, it's actually a really interesting image when you see it on stage, is he's in this very stark, um, very Russian-looking trench coat, no markings, no nothing, um, he looks very much like a soldier. He's got the, the gun and he's pointing at her. She's in this very, you know, this big diamond tiara or crown. And um, she's in like red, I think big red dress. Um, yeah. And she looks very different from she did at the beginning of it, where she's in peasant clothing. Now she looks like the Grand Duchess. Um, he has this very intense reprise of both of his songs, Still and The Neva Flows, um, in which he has to decide, does he kill her or not? Mm. Um, and he, you go through his head, and the whole scene actually turns like red, if I recall, like purplish-reddish, and it gets really intense looking, almost hurts your eyes. Um, and like the, the voices of people in the background that you don't necessarily see are there. And like his own ghosts are sort of in the background. It's a very cool scene. And she, you know, he says, you can't be who you claim to be. And she says, but I am. And she, she says, you know, I am my father's daughter. I'm the Grand Duchess. And he was like, but then I have to kill you. Mm. Um, and he explains about how, why, you know, their Russia, the new Russia cannot survive right. if she does. Right. And at the end, he has to decide whether or not to pull the trigger. And he does not. Um, 
and it like breaks him essentially. Um, and you don't know what he's going to do because he can't let her go publicly. And the song is, it builds to such an intense moment, which I think it's so cool. Um, as someone who had not seen it, what did it make you think of? It just, it, it feels like the man is split in two. Yep. You know, and it, it just feels like the man and, and, and Anya is sympathizing with him. Like, yeah, I get it, man. We've done some terrible things. My family was not perfect. Your family was not perfect, but we, we dealt with it. And, and you see Clab making this huge decision. Like, am I going to go through with this? Am I not going to go through with this? But, like, at the end, he gives in to Anya because he knows it's the right thing to do. And he realizes the, <laughs> the side that he's on, you know? And he, he, yeah. he learned from it. And I think the most powerful image is not possibly the music, but the image of them embracing, I think, which is what I read happens at the end of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that powerful image of them giving up and, and finding that energy is so powerful, you know, and so, so deeply interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and that leads to the, the finale number, which is very short, but I actually think when you see it play out on stage, it's very cool because it's... What winds up happening is the Grand Duchess, oh, not Grand Duchess, the Dowager Empress announces that, like, she sort of glosses over it. She was like, well, there is no Grand Duchess Anastasia. Um, and she said the reward money will be given to charity. Hmm. Um, and then you see Gleb in Russia, who has to now report on what did he do when he was there. And he was, and all he says is, like, there, he basically says the same thing. There is no Grand Duchess. The case is closed. Sort of saying, like, that is the end of the legend. The the new Russia doesn't need to worry anymore about it. Mm. Um, and then she decides, obviously, you know, she has her grandmother. They they can still see each other, just obviously not as her being the Grand Duchess. Um, mm. But she decides that her life with um, Dmitri, a new life outside of Russia, is more important. Right. And it ends with a very, you know, it ends with the song Once Upon a December. Um, again, leaving this very eerie kind of feel to it. And the Grand Duchess, or the Dowager Empress has a cool line where she just says, still, um, using Gleb's line, mm-hmm. meant to, you know, this very, like, what if kind of possibility. Right. And I think... So it's, I think it ends... Go ahead. No, no, and just so briefly... And finally, we really get to understand what once in a sept- uh, December means that a lot of times we think that December is where things end, right? Because right. January brings a new, right? Yep. But in a way, it, I think it's also about the close, but it's also about the open. Definitely. It's, yeah. a, it's about, <laughs> it's the Harry Potter line. I was you literally took words <laughs> right out of my mouth. Right, yeah, it's the you, you say it. I'm sorry, I don't have the, the no, words no, go in my mind. You were gonna say it. I I don't remember it at all. You say it. No, it was just I in Harry Potter the 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 snitch uh, the line is I open at the close right because right. it'll only open when he's prepared to die. Right. Um. 
Yeah. It is very much like that. Yeah. And I think that is proof on all fours, all fours. Like it's like, bring then, then, and that brings new birth, right? Right. So, which is her new life? Which is her new life as Anya and not Anastasia, who has to live right, up to those. Right. Which is why Spoilet has that that major key change at the be- at the end. Right. Yeah. And very similar to the end of Gleb's song, in that right, Gleb doesn't know where he's going to go, but possibly. The Gleb's first song foreshadowing the ending of, yep. of, of, of the show. So that's, that's that, my friend, for me. It is. And that brings us to the end of our pod on Aaron and Flair, uh, Flair and Aaron's Anastasia. Aaron that's... and Flair? I don't know how you would say it. Um, <laughs> it bring, either way, it brings us to the end of the um, That's right. And we thank all of the listeners. We thank mm. Flair and Aaron's. Um, for their um, their contribution to musical theater, and right. we thank uh, all the actors and actresses who recorded the wonderful soundtrack. Right. And closing thoughts, Sean. Yeah, I'll just say I'll say this, which is I wasn't in love with the music, and that is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in love with the plot and how the music helped thicken the plot. Um, the songs to me don't have the quality of humdingers like you're gonna go home and go we are family right (laughs) you're gonna go home learning something new about yourself and possibly the character of the show you know i think cool and the gang would have been an odd fit in the middle of you know honestly i think that would have fit so well no i'm kidding like and and, 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 (laughs) right no yeah and you know for me i've had experiences where i went to go see a show it was i'm not sure if you know the 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 show titanic very well i saw it that was quite the spectacle i I didn't really have a a reaction to it because i honestly was thinking about it like the songs all kind of sound the same the the message was bigger than the music itself and mm-hmm. and that was important and i think that's what flaherty is going for which is yes the music might not be as important but the message is so clear started being written in the 90s because all a lot of these songs came from the 90s so a lot of the songs had to fit into that style mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. titanic the musical came out in the 90s um there was a, a show called grand hotel that came out in the 90s right um and there was oh, there's another one I'm, I'm forgetting. There's one called Death Takes a Holiday, but it comes much later. Um, and there was one before that called Romance, Romance. Um, right. And all of these shows, they, they weren't similar in musical style, but they all had a similar, I'll say, feeling, which was that the plot is what people were there for, and mm. the music's purpose was to enhance the character development enough that the plot would um be compelling enough thank you you know what i mean amen and and that's really that that's the crux of like that time period so i think that's exactly what you're describing right with some of these with this show is that you know you you might not love the music but in context it's providing enhancement for what you're watching and then you either are invested in the characters invested in the story Right. the atmosphere, whatever it happens to be, yeah. enough that you um, buy into the music, even if it's not your favorite. And our discussions are like this, and they're so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel yeah. like when we talked about the music, 
it was kind of at a low today. But that's okay. That's okay. I mean, we learned so much about the the motivation of these characters and and, and just something yeah, that's just definitely. so so creative. So I have to thank you for bringing your love of Anastasia to the yep. show. And by the point of this release, Hunter and I will hopefully be in a production of this show during the summer. In the pit, I will not be singing. Oh well, I, I mean, I did sign you up to be in the show, but no, I'm kidding. Um. I'm, I'm excited to see where things go, but thank you yeah. again, my friend, and listen for the outro, and uh, we'll see you next time. My name, of course, is Sean Abkunis. And I'm Hunter Sagona, and we'll see you next time to discuss Sean and Maya's favorite musical songs of recent, you know, uh, our recent picks in the recent days with guest hosts Meredith Newman and Hanif Lawrence. And until then, remember to keep listening to what you love.